Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio, and we're going to do something fun for a change. We spend so much time talking about serious stuff. Sometimes it's, you know, just awful. And um, we talked about so many police killings and racial injustice and all that stuff. And, and so we're going to have some fun today. Oddly, it does not leave the, uh, the realm of uh, policing because we're going to talk about cop movies. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our fa- five favorite cop movies. No particular order. Just, just let's get into it. So I've offered you the first, uh, first serve. What's, what, which movie do you want to talk about? So, my first one is Heat. Oh, okay. Um, I just, you know, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Um, Val Kilmer, Michael Sizemore, I think. Right, yes. I mean, Um, Hank uh, Azera. Yes. Um, Also, oh my God, what's his name with the uh, big tattoo on his chest? Uh, uh, The Mexican guy. Yeah, uh, It'll come to me. Yeah, he's in but, uh, Con Air and uh, yeah, yeah, Johnny yeah. Trulo. True, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the most recognized tattoos in the world, by the way. Um, but I just, I love the movie, right? It's a little long, right? It's long, um, almost three hours. But um, just from start to finish, um, just some, some memorable lines, uh, very mem- memorable characters, uh, you know, a plot line where you're just like, are these guys going to make it? Are they going to get caught? Like, how does this all right. go down? Um, and then, you know, they kind of start getting picked off one by one. Um, and, you know, it ends with uh, Al Pacino holding Robert De Niro's hand as a plane flies overhead as they, you know, like that closing scene, uh, you know, really dramatic. Um, you know, I, the one lingering thing with that movie that I have is kind of like, what happened with, like, Al Pacino's family? Like, what's, what happened with the stepdaughter and the, and the wife and all that other stuff? I mean, is that, I mean, we're assuming that that marriage and relationship was over. Um, because, you know, it's kind of at the end of a rope, but, um, I don't know, just a lot of interesting plot lines and things. A lot uh, of twists. Right. A lot of twists and just, I mean, it was just fun. I mean, it opens with a legit, a legitimate bang and, um, never felt like there was like dull points. The thing about that movie that I think I respect the most is the gunplay is very real. The, you know, a lot of times, and one of my movies has a complete fuck up when it comes to gunplay, um, in terms of just dramatizing a shootout that movie felt real you see the starbursts from the uh assault rifles you it, it's loud mm-hmm. and it you know the, the loudness i mean you're a gun guy i'm a gun guy movies never capture how fucking loud right those things are and while it didn't like make your ears ring well it, the, it did the, shootout, the, the shootout in the street like i mean phenomenally right. brutally right. intense when, you know when sizemore goes down um, if you remember, like, that scene is really, really loud. Like, yeah, you, oh, like, absolutely. That's, what, that's what I'm trying to say. You yeah. know, I, I mean, it, like, you got to turn it down because you, you're hearing the gun fire and then, like, the, you know, like, yes. the spent shell casings hitting the ground, the whole yes. thing. Like, yes, it, yes. It, it was very you know, accurate gun. Right, right. It was, uh, but I mean, it, it, and it's, a, it's an intense movie. There's some very few and far between, like, comedic moments in there, right? Sure. Al Pacino gives a great, great line. Great ass. About her, yeah, I mean, but. 
Um, I don't know. It's just one of my favorites. One of those movies that, like, if I see it, like, I'll stop and watch it. You know, like, wherever it's at, all the way to completion, which is literally three like, hours. Constantly problems before because <laughs> yeah. it's a long movie. No, it is very long. It, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That is a great movie, and it's a literally a good guy. Well, good guy, bad guy is a little blurry too, which right. adds to part it's, of the it's part of depth. the thing. Right? Yeah. Um, my first one is Forty Eight Hours. I think mm-hmm. Forty Eight Hours launched a genre of uh, you know the buddy cop movie. And granted, Eddie Murphy is a con, not a cop. But I think that movie changed. So many movies fell into place after that because of that movie. Um, I watched it not that long ago. A lot of racism. <laughs> a lot of racism yes. in that movie. Yeah. I mean, Nick Nolte saying, I know what you're smiling about, watermelon. I'm like, wow. That probably wouldn't make it into the, today. He also right. dropped an N-bomb on him at one point. Yeah. Um, but it's a great movie, and it's all about, um, you know, their bonding. You know, bonding between Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte is cool. And uh, the bad guy, James Remar, mm-hmm. is a very underappreciated actor, in my opinion. I mean, he was the dad in Dexter. He was in a handful of other things. And he is a great bad guy in that movie. And and uh, just, I don't know, Nick, Nick Nolte playing that role of the burned-out, drunk cop, right? I mean, he's... He's, I mean, he's drinking out of a every, flask. <laughs> I mean, everything about that movie felt, looking back on it, seems about right, except for the fact that Nick Nolte was not a cop, <laughs> right? What? What do you mean? No, I mean this. Oh, like, oh in, okay. Everything about like, yeah. I mean, like everything we know about Nick Nolte now, like, right, it seems yes. like he was basically well, playing he never, himself. He never, to, he never smoked weed in the movie that I know of. In the real Nick Nolte, okay, smokes but a lot I of mean, weed. you know, no, it's not, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe. I, I'm also a huge Nick Nolte fan. I just, I just like the the gruffness of him and his his story. The and only the, other movie that I liked him in was uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> he's great in Tropic Thunder. He didn't like Cape Fear. Uh, yeah, no, nah, Cape Fear really didn't do much for me. Right. I was never. I was. It was I don't All right. Know. I but again. I, mean, I was a little young. Yeah. You know, true. When that movie came out, true. and I, I never went back and, and watched it, so I, I don't have a big. For what it's worth, it doesn't hold up great. I watched it like a couple of weeks ago. Well, you can't. You can't do that, right? Like you can't. You can't. I mean, like I, I as a, I like comic book movies, right? Right. Sure. So, you know, I, I can't really get into arguments about what holds up in movies and what doesn't. Like, right? Like. Captain Marvel, Space Woman just flies around from universe to universe. Like, come on, I can't really get on anybody about things holding up. Okay, and I don't want to get too far down the road of Cape Fear, but De Niro physically in that movie is just fucking jacked, and that's what I always love about De Niro is his ability to change his body to fit a role, and that also falls into the case with Heat, where he's not particularly physically impressive, but he's well, I mean, but De Niro's never like his his whole stick is not about being physically overpowering or in that movie. Well, no, in any movie, in right? Cape Fear, though, he's I mean, fucking Cape Fear, ripped. but yeah, I mean, every you know, every actor's got raging bull. Every actor's got to have that one movie where they get in shape for it. But I mean, traditionally, you think of Robert De Niro as like your average guy physically, but he's going to overpower you with his either his charisma or his knowledge Persona, or his street yeah. smarts or something like that, right? Um, but you know, you never look at Robert De Niro and just like think that he's going to be the the overpowering, you know, John Wick war hero. Although, oh, you know, oh I, I, I think you just tipped your hand. Go ahead. What's your second? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you aren't as smart as you think you are, but uh, I'm going to go. 
uh, with Bad Boys as my second. Oh, movie. interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know how the movie's hilarious. The plotline is fun and good. Um, I think they do a good job in all the movies of you know having a good plot. Is it realistic? Eh, no. <laughs> but I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's, it's just a fun. fun movie, right? I mean, it's a fun movie. Will Smith and Martin are great together. Um, you know, the first one, uh, the bad guy is the, the French guy, and I can't think of his name, um, you know, that usually plays either a Russian or, or, or a French bad guy. Uh, Taya Leone in that movie um, is, is annoying, but in a fun, funny sort of way. Um, and uh, uh, Michael Imperioli is in this movie as well. Um, oh. As he's the, he's, they, they go to him, he's a, 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 a conf- mean, uh, informant. Okay. Uh, Joe Pantoliano is is the yes, chief, the, right, 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 and uh, but Imperial like he gives up uh, information on the on the uh, on the heroin deal or something like that because Will Smith threatens to kill him in the gun shop uh, or in the tire shop. Yeah, but, I remember uh, now that you say that. I forgot that was Michael Imperial. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, but uh, just you know, just good fun movies. They always have good actors, and 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 and. Um, I am. I'm a big. I'm just a big fan. So that is my number two. The, the thing. The thing about that movie is it launched a franchise. Right. There were at least three movies. I think four. Um. Uh, so no, three. Is three? Is yeah. It's, okay. Bad Boys. Bad Boys, Bad for, Boys life, two and, and Bad Boys and for this, Life, which I haven't seen, and I thought I recorded on my DVR, but it wasn't there. Um. So. Well, that's anyway. a, that's a you problem, but it, but uh, <laughs> okay. But, let's but, go to your you problems. Okay, let's go to my you problems. I'm going to go with a weird one. Um, I love the movie Running Scared. I'm talking about the Gregory Hines, um, Billy Crystal movie. Not the Paul Walker. So there's two movies by that name. One with Paul Walker that is dark as fuck. Okay. He's an undercover cop and it's, it's uh, that's also a spoiler, but came out 10 years ago. Deal with it. Uh, but Running Scared, it, it's, it, it's, com- it's comedic, it's fun, it's... Got a pretty impressive cast in terms of those two, plus uh, Joe Petliano, the same guy from... Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And um, the, the, the guy who played Nick, whatever, Nick Tortelli in Cheers. I don't even know the actor's name. Um, but it's it's a fun buddy cop movie. It's a movie that would probably never have been made if not for movies like Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours. But it's action, fun. You know, two cops in Chicago really showcases Chicago. Um and you know, but, anyway, I mean, showcases okay, Chicago in what 1987? Somewhere around there, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. But it's funny because they go to Key West and they they decide they're going to open a bar. Like, I, I've yeah. never seen it. You've never seen Running Scared? No. Okay, I recommend it like that. Jimmy like Smith. Jimmy Smith. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm sure it, then it, they it, did, it, but it did. I don't, yeah. I don't know is, if it's this one is an age thing. Right. Where, you know, I watched it at 18. You were eight. Right. So. Yes, that different, but it's a fun, goofy movie. Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines have great chemistry on screen. Um, you know, they're they're planning to open a bar in Key West, and they're basically trying to survive the final days as cops. Um, and it's it's funny to watch actually in in a, in a bit of a social political way because there's times where they are really over the lines as police officers, but it's funny and it's fun. But like they pretend to tattoo "Born to Squeal" on a guy's face. And they don't. There's no ink in the tattoo pen, but they're literally... I mean, they literally say... The, the, the guy they're doing this to says, this is police brutality. He goes, no, this is just harassment. If this doesn't work, then we'll get brutal. Mm. I mean, they're... It shows what was acceptable in 1980-whatever in terms of police behavior, which maybe shouldn't have been, but... 
right. at the time. Oh, know. that's funny. I mean, publicly, and, and if it hits the media, we've gotten to a you better, know, we've, you know, we've better threshold. Stuff. But I, you know, internally with those guys, eh, I don't yeah, know how much it, better it, we are. It, it's it, it's a fun, funny movie with you know. There's a scene where they have to, um, <laughs> they they chase down Jimmy Smits is the bad guy. He's the the drug dealer on the south side of Chicago, and they bust him when he's with his mistress, and uh, Billy Crystal. So he's not wearing pants, and he's telling them, telling Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, you have to throw down your pants, and Billy Crystal throws his pants down and misses, and Gregory Hines is like, you did that on purpose. It's like, fine, you have a better arm than me, but I was a better, I was always a better hitter, and you know that. And anyway, they run out onto the streets of Chicago wearing long johns in the snow. It's funny, you look like you're in pain hearing this. So we'll move on to yours. <sighs> your next one. Um. The Departed. I love that movie. No. It doesn't hold up. Okay. It does not hold up in the sense that, um, whether there's fighter jets flying around behind us, so that's coming through. Sorry. The air show. There's an air show. Yeah. I love that movie. I think that movie is, I mean, so star-studded. Um, I mean, it's like, so that's your thing, you know like, whether you know, with you know, movies, like, not yeah. holding up, but, I mean, it's just like, I, one, I, I'm not. Uh, so why? Are you, what doesn't hold up? You know what? I should take it back because what doesn't hold up is the fact that it's based on Whitey Bulger, and oh, the way that okay. all went down well, ends up. Okay. And, 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 <laughs> Whitey Bulger was still alive at the time. He was, so, yeah, and on the run. You know. Um, but I mean, it's no, not. I, I mean, that. it's so also so many great performances. It's so also, many... I mean, very broadly, loosely based on Whitey Bulger. Sure. Right? Like, I mean, they, they just used him as a. Just as the base of a character, right? Like, Irish guy from Boston. Like, n- none of that stuff tracks, like, as cl- like with, with the way Whitey Bulger did his business in, in Massachusetts. Like, I mean, similar, very loosely similar, but the idea that they, you know, they weren't trying okay. to tell Whitey Bulger's story. Right. right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's obvious. I, it, 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 that, that is a totally a me thing, because I... Lived in Boston when that was going on. So and, did you. As did I. I so mean, did I was you. in Amherst, but I mean, <laughs> you his were brother the was the president right. of the <laughs> University of Massachusetts. Right. Like, his brother right. was being uh, was was sitting in front of uh, the Senate or whatever, uh, testifying uh, about what he about, knew about his brother. Yes, so yes. yeah, I'm a no, little familiar. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 <laughs> aware. I'm aware. I think it's a fun movie. Um, the it. I, I remember someone saying they should do a sequel. I was like. How? Everyone's dead. Literally everyone is dead. Right? Other than Mark Wahlberg. Right. Um, but you know, great performances by Alec Baldwin, by Martin Sheen, in side roles. Right, but I, even, I, but I, I mean, even... Uh, DiCaprio uh, and um, Wahlberg are great. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Um, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Is fantastic in that movie. Right, yeah. I mean, Matt da- I mean, like you... What a conflicted <laughs> character he is, right? I mean, Not even conflicted, he was a scumbag, right? He was a scumbag, but he's also banging the... Uh, the... the there was no contrast. Right, but oh, oh. he wasn't conflicted. Okay. I mean, like, your wife's getting cheated on you, and he was a piece of shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think there was a no. lot of conflict okay, with okay. him. Was, but okay. the point is that it was easy to dislike him. Like, I, I mean, I didn't relate to him at all. I just thought he was, you know, kind of you know par the, for the course with a lot of kids that I knew from the area. I love I loved the scene after they lose the rugby game. They lose the rugby game, and he's like, firing a bunch of queers. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was funny. Go save a fucking kid okay, in a tree. So moving forward, no more of you repeating lines from the movie. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> I, I, I object on principle. 
Um, yeah, but, but that's no, that, 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 that is a fun movie, and the shootout at the end gets a little ridiculous. But uh, your first movie was Forty Eight Hours, which okay, I never mentioned bad gunplay in that. Right, there's a scene. But like you're going to talk about not beginning. holding up. Hold on, and the, bad the, gunplay. The, the, very, the very beginning of that movie, Nick Nolte fires eight shots. I'm sorry, Nick <laughs> Nolte has eight shots fired at him out of a six shooter. Like James Remar gets his gun yep. and fires eight rounds. And it was completely unnecessary for it to do that. I'm like, bang, bang, bang. All right, that's a revolver. It has six cylinders. Yeah, can't shoot eight times. And yet, Gans fires eight times at McNulty. I'm like, okay, y'all fucked up that one. Yeah, but, but I, I, I just, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, you know, I, 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 notice, I notice guns and gunplay, and more so, especially like in newer movies, like I, I can, what was I, I was watching The Equalizer 2, uh, like at okay. some point, like maybe a week ago or something like that. And, you know, the one thing, like you notice like the red dots that the guys have or you notice some of the modifications that they've made to their rifles or to their handguns because I do a lot of that shit myself with mine, right? Like, but I'm not really looking at it like, oh, well, he he can't shoot a guy from that distance at that height and that wind speed. That bullet would never, like, come on. Like, like don't well, take the fun out of it. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, the, How do here, people here, enjoy here, movies? Here, here's the thing. <laughs> we when don't. A, yeah, right. No, but when a movie is trying to be serious, I want it to be logistically sound. I'll use Django Unchained as an example where that's just like um, uh, Kill Bill. The violence in that is very stylized. The fact that he's wait, what are we talking about? Just, Kill Bill. Just, well, both of them. Just, just the violence is is comical. In yeah. Django, he's blazing away with you know eighteen eighties level six shooters, eighteen seventies level six shooters, and yeah, there's bullets flying everywhere, and he's grabbing guns and doing all that crazy stuff. And like, okay, I don't want realism in this movie. This movie is fun. When I'm watching Forty Eight Hours, I'd like them to be at least a bit close to reality. And blasting away with See, this is I've, I've never wanted Nick Nolte to walk in a room more <laughs> and, and, and listen to what you're saying because I, I think I, his response would be hilarious. Okay, well, <laughs> A, it would take him five minutes to go from my kitchen to here. B, he would then say, give me a hit of your weed pen. And we'll talk about this. I, d- I doubt it. I think I he think would tell you. Say, I think he right. would tell you to go fuck yourself. It was <laughs> he made a lot more money money on that movie. I made more money on forty eight hours than you ever. And then he would just All take right. your weed pen. Whose turn is it? It's Who's yours. Turn? My turn. I'm gonna go with Training Day. I don't okay. know if that was on your list or not. Um, Training Day is a fun movie. It gets ridiculous at the end. The fight scene at the end is way over the top. Uh, part of there's I, I actually have a beef with this movie. Because I used to hate Ethan Hawke's guts. He was the the heartthrob douchebag, in my opinion, in, in Reality Bites and all these movies when I was in college and all the girls were swooning over Ethan Hawke. And then he's in Training Day. And that movie was just a badass movie. Denzel is a badass in that movie. Uh, the scene where they bust up the two guys uh, who are trying to rape the young girl and Denzel... <laughs> Smacks the guy in the balls with his forty-five, and uh, you know they they you know he shoves a pen down Snoop Dogg's mouth and makes him puke up yeah. crack. Uh, yeah, uh, Wait, that fool in the wheelchair. Who well, did he put him there? Well, the funny thing is, like I was wondering how they filmed that scene, like with him shoving that. It looked it looked, it looked like it re- that pen was going down his yep. throat, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I would sit for that one, Snoop. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, the scene where, the, you know, like the Mexican guys have Ethan Hawke in the bathtub and they're about <laughs> to kill him. Uh, you know, I mean, just barely making it out because he helped their, you know, their niece or sister cousin, or whatever, yeah. cousin, or, or, you know, earlier in the day. But also how they kind of draw it all together and connect it. Uh, my only beef with Training Day was the fact that Dr. Dre was in it. Oh, right. He's one, you know, of, the, he's right. one of the crew. He's, yeah. he's, one of the, he's one of the cops. And it's just kind of like, why? Stay <laughs> like, I mean, obviously Stay off my wanted, dick, rookie. Right. But, I mean, it just, it, it was... Uh, it was interesting because you have Dre and Snoop both right. in the movie, um, and then uh, and Macy Gray, and so it was like, Who's, is she the woman that they robbed? Yeah, Macy that, Gray, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's Macy, Macy Gray. Gray. Yeah. I, you know what? I never picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so for for from a hip hop culture standpoint, that movie checks a lot of boxes, right? Because you know, I mean, like Dre did the soundtrack for it. He's in it. Snoop's in it. Macy Gray was in it. Macy Gray at the time was very popular. Um, you know, she had a very unique sound to her, uh, and so that movie carries a lot of weight, you know, in the hood, so to speak, um, just because it, it, it felt very, very realistic for a lot of people, you know. You know, the, the, there's two scenes that get me. One was a deleted scene. So, in, I, I owned the DVD, and they had the deleted scenes, and Smiley, the guy that has him in, with the shotgun in mm -hmm. the bathtub, there's a scene where the, the, the deleted scene is him telling Ethan Hawke, we were supposed to kill you and burn your body in front of your wife and kid. That's what, that's what um, Alonzo wanted us to do. So you need to know that when you go in to confront him. And then he does a whole, we can make this work, brother. We could be the next, um, you know, uh, you know they, they can work together. They can deal with the whole, um, you know, collaboration between the hood and the cops and they cut that scene i guarantee because right at the end when um when ethan hawk busts in on on denzel with his uh salvadoran uh mm -hmm. lover he, he goes you passed you made it you're you're you know and for a second you go oh was this all a test yeah and if that scene was there you would know oh no it was not a test right but that scene is great and the the fact that they cut that was for that reason, and then the scene when he's at the table with the they call him the wise man or whatever. Yeah. Tom Berenger and a couple other character actors that I recognize faces but don't know names, and they're basically explaining like, you killed a Russian mobster. Right. You are on their target list, and we cannot help you. Right. So get this shit straight, and that leads to the whole trail of, you know, the Russian mob blowing him away at the end. Yeah. And spoiler alert again, but. Um, <laughs> But it came out two thousand twenty right, years old. Movies twenty but, years but, old. But but that that scene in the in the restaurant where he's talking to them and basically saying, "Okay, what do I have to do to get myself out of this mess?" Yeah, is great. And that deleted scene with Smiley is so. Awesome. I haven't seen a deleted scene, but I think one of the biggest stars of that movie that you're leaving out is Denzel's car, right? Oh, the Monte Carlo. I mean that that Monte Carlo, uh, you know, with the with the. Uh, Three wheel motion and, and, the and, and, lift the, kit. and the hydraulics and everything, uh, you know. I mean, is you know that's the the you know near opening scene where you know it drops Dr. Dre's beat. Like it just everything about that movie um, is I just. Mean, you're much more of a hip hop guy than yeah. me. This just this just in. I never thought of it from that perspective, but from that I'm thinking about it, it was fucking awesome. Right. I mean, like you're taking do, do, you're taking do, do. a cop oh, yeah. and then you're you're making him literally like. You know, uh, oh, sorry. 
Yeah, like a you know, like a hood gangster, but you're just like, oh, he's just a badass cop, and you come up, oh no, he's actually he's a crooked badass as fuck. human. That's yeah, crooked as fuck. But speaking directly to people in the hood, saying, look, these corrupt, these cops are corrupt as fuck, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like you you were telling us to go on the straight and narrow, but look at look at who and what these guys are doing, which is something that we've heard for years out of whether it's L.A. or New York or Chicago or whatever, and me having spent the time that I spent in Chicago doing what I did. Yeah, I can I can jump on that bandwagon about some of those cops being really really fucking corrupt. Um, so I don't know. The movie hits. No, I, I, it, it was it was my selection, but yes. that was a hit you too. And the other thing, it captured traffic in L.A. <sighs> so well. Oh They're my doing God. their scenes on the five lane highways each mm. way. It's like motherfucker, I hate driving. In I this hate city. L.A. Atlanta, uh, uh, Chicago, Chicago. Is bad too. But uh, no, oh, L.A. God. L.A. Atlanta, I think would be my. Just, Least favorite with right. New York jumping in there too because New York is such a well, the, twisted the issue, mess. I, I so rarely drive in New York because everything is so walkable and the trains and everything else. But you're right, the traffic in New York is terrible. But like, tra- like LA's public transportation is terrible, right? right. So is Atlanta. Absolutely, yes. So I mean, you it, have you know, to drive, right? New York, it's just a lot easier to actually use public transportation, which is why you see, you know, like I mean, there's so many stories of famous people on the train because it's just the most effective way to travel there. I, I just have flashbacks because I drove from here, Cleveland, to Long Island a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, and had to right. go through Manhattan. Like uh, it's ten o'clock on a Sunday night. How bad can it be? Oh, oh, it can be awful. awful. Right. Well, when I was, horrible. you know, when I was in college, I would drive from Youngstown to Amherst, and a lot of times I would end up cutting. I would just take eighty all the way through, and I'd take you over the George Washington Bridge, and then, uh, uh, and I would diverge through Connecticut and, and get on up. And there were times where I, like, I got to a point where I would time it up so I was going through New York about I don't know, like three in the morning. And there were times on that trip where even at three in the morning would hit traffic. Like, like unfucking believable it, it wasn't bad, but the only issue is then, like, at night, at that late at night, if there was traffic, like, as soon as it opened up, like, you better you better be ready to go 80, 90 miles an hour because those people, right. like, I mean, it was insane. And I'm they in my no little, fucks. you know, early on, I'm in my little four-cylinder Toyota Corolla that's held down by me and all my shit. So I wasn't exactly... Uh, Pushing the hemi, right, right. so to speak. You know, I just I was like, oh shit, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Get over, it. you know. Now I understand your, uh, <laughs> you know, fondness for muscle cars and right. And big I mean, trucks. I, listen, I started off with the, the inability to, you know, get up and go. So now it's uh, I get it. Now it's an obsession. It. All right, your turn. Okay, uh, so let's see. What did we do? We did uh, we did this one. We did this one. We did this one. Uh, American Gangster. Okay. Um, you know, we, and, we both and talk so, about it in love. I love right. that movie. And so people are like, oh, is this really a cop movie? I'm just like, well, Russell Crowe, I mean, hello. Uh, he is a cop. He ends up being his attorney. Um, you know, it's, it's loosely based on a true story. Uh, the one thing about that, about the actual story, is that Russell Crowe's character is like a, 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 mon, a, a mashup of multiple people. Um, there was a whole team that, ended, that was, that was, you know, going after Frank in in different at different periods over the course of time, um, you know, so to kind of cut you off before you go to whether it holds up or not, um, you know, it, it doesn't completely follow the actual story of the way things went down, but the the meat and potatoes of that story are, are from what I've seen are relatively relatively accurate, but. The way the story is told, and I don't necessarily as much care about the real life aspects of it, but the, just the way the story is told, that movie just gives me so much um, 
I have so many issues with myself internally because I find myself, you know, rooting for Denzel. But then, you know, in the real world, I know what that guy did, right? I mean, he literally almost wiped single-handedly. Poisoned, poisoned the community. Poisoned and wiped out a generation of people from New York to Chicago to Ohio to Florida to, you know what I mean, with, with, with the damage that he caused. And so I have to slap myself on the hand and just feel like you can't root for this guy to win. You really need... Uh, Russell Crowe, and Russell Crowe is a character that you come to kind of appreciate, um, even though you're not initially rooting for him. And then there's there's the racial aspect as well, sure. you know, where you're just like, I kind of just want the black guy to win, right? Like, I mean, we need a win. Let's uh, like, I'm kind of, I'm I'm really rooting for him. Um, but then again, you just think back to the damage that he caused, and you realize that he can't. Um, uh, you know, some unique things about that movie. Speaking of hip hop, RZA is in this movie. Um, you know, as one of the cops and, you know, plays an integral role in terms of figuring out how pure the, co- uh, the heroin is. And then, uh, you know, when they do the raid in the projects, uh, T.I. Yeah. is in the movie. And I think that's the first time people realize how small of a human T.I. is. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, 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 Anthony Hamilton is uh, actually singing in the club and Anthony Hamilton is an R&B singer. Um, so, I mean, a, another movie with hip-hop significance, uh, Jay-Z did the soundtrack for that movie um, and had a couple of just, you know, very, very memorable tracks, we'll say, um, if, you, if you're that deep into hip-hop. But, I mean, it's just, it, you know, the movie checks a lot of cultural, culturally significant boxes for me, and it has, uh, again, just a number of great lines. Cuba Gooding Jr. in that movie. Right, is Nicky Barnes. Uh, is Nicky Barnes, yeah. Um, just, uh, um, just... Great movie, love it. I love that movie too. I mean, we've had this conversation. And then there's, there's another character in the movie, movie that, and I just uh, oh, you say uh, Ruby D. Well, Ruby D is in that movie, and then uh, I can't, I never get his name right. Chewicky Okafor. Oh, yes, and I, I mean, who is just an amazing name. fucking actor. I've never seen right. a movie where that guy is in where he isn't like he, you know, if it's if he's not in a movie with Denzel, he's stealing the show. Because uh, he was in Inside Man too, which I considered inside I, putting it's Inside on my Man. List. Oh, it's, it's on, on yours, my okay. List, yes. um, but I mean, he he is uh, an amazing actor. Actor, and then um, Josh Brolin is in this movie he's as well. Fantastic as a dirtbag cop. <laughs> right, he's fantastic oh as God, a dirtbag cop. But what I'm I'm laughing at is when we figured out how old he was the other Fuck day. Fuck you. All right, I want to put an official Whiskey Congress Jim. I am only three years younger than Josh Brolin. Right. And, 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 all right, so we had this conversation today. We were out, we were, I'm sorry, we were here at my place watching boxing, which was a great night. I had a right. lot of fun. And he came up because we saw Burt Reynolds in the background, and I compared him to that character in uh, American Gangster. Yeah. And then that led to us looking up his age. He's 53 and I'm 50. I'm like, fuck. Right. And then later that night, I'm like, you know what? They're still casting him as a badass. Right. They're still casting him as Thanos. Right. So suddenly I don't feel so bad. Well, the voice of Thanos, and I mean, he was in Deadpool 2. Right. As, as, Kate, as Kate. And, Kate, um, um, you know, I mean, he was definitely a badass in that movie. Uh, so, no, there's nothing for you to feel bad about in terms of... It was just a shocker to what me. Him, what it's, it's, you know... It's, I mean, I watched Josh Brolin in Goonies when I was right. 14. Granted, he was apparently 17. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty big deal for him, too. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But that... He wasn't I mean, exactly a seasoned vet at that point in time. Fair. And was Leah Thompson in that movie? I, there was one of the chicks oh, I loved from that era. 
Um, I'm not a huge Goonies fan, but I for kids movie. my age, like that can get me in a lot of trouble. Yes. So I don't say it out loud no. often ever. You're not being recorded. Um, I, I don't like I if you I, I don't know the only line from that movie that I know is about it being our time, and the only reason I know it is because they made fun of the Goonies movie on American Dad, which is <laughs> fucking hilarious. And if you we've talked about my love affair with Seth MacFarlane. Uh, and American Dad and Family Guy and the Cleveland Show and all that shit. So that's really like the only line I know from the movie. Go- Goonies is a fun movie, but again, it came. And out I've seen was, it, okay. and I think I enjoy it. I don't know, but I've, I probably haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I don't know if you could pay me to watch it now. I think I could pay you, and you would watch it. But uh, th- that American Gangster, great movie. Yeah. I mean, Josh Brolin's character is the scumbag cop. I love when he comes to Russell Crowe. And basically says, we need to keep this cash cow alive. Like, yeah. he literally, he's like, this guy is dealing heroin all through New York and New Jersey. And if we don't keep him doing this so we can't keep ripping him off right. to pay for our... It just, it, exp- it talks right. about the... And the scene at the very, very late in the movie when, when Russell Crowe says, I want you to burn down the system. Burn down the dirty cops. Right. Oh, no, you didn't. I mean, I just, I love that scene so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right. that is I mean, a- and, and they listen. The, now, you know, they're that them working together did take down a lot of dirty cops sure. like, through New York and Chicago. Like, I mean, that that and part that is whole accurate. Part right. of the drug culture is so significant. A, a big part of the reason, in my opinion, why weed isn't legal nationally is there's a whole lot of money getting made by police departments for yeah. seizing and selling weed. I mean, this is totally jumping jumping the tracks, but. I remember in college, a friend of mine in West Virginia saying that his small, Montgomery, West Virginia, the sheriff's office said, out of seized pot, out to collect more, we'll be back soon. This is a guy who had no reason to lie and make this up, and he was not yeah. bragging, like, they made money no, like, by I seizing mean, look, and selling pot. Any of these big cities, whether it's Chicago, New York, Cleveland... Uh, Baltimore, like I mean, you you have it this is, is not Montgomery, West Virginia, right, brother. This I mean, is well, true, nowhere. true, but I mean, like you, I mean, you see the stories everywhere in the news, right? Like in people, we don't make a big deal about them anymore. You know, it's it's never going to be a huge story on Fox News, you know, right. for sure. But even MSNBC doesn't cover them. But you can go through the you you go through the news, you go on Google News, and you look at some of the local stuff, um, or you go to like different states and things like that, and you see these stories all the time about. Uh, you know, police being busted for, you know, selling, whether it's, you know, seized drugs or they go in and they, they you know, it's just like, oh, we found uh, 97 kilos of cocaine, right. right? Like, it's just like, that's a weird number, number to ship, but apparently well, and, that's and all that's, that was. That's a big part of American Gangster, right, is Russell Crowe's character has a million dollars in cash in front of him right. and turns it in. And no one wants to work with them anymore. Like, right. You didn't have the sense to steal that million dollars. What the fuck's wrong with right. you? Like you did, like or like you didn't have the sense to turn in nine hundred and eighty nine hundred thousand dollars or or seven hundred thousand dollars or right. or right. nine hundred so, something. Well, no. All right. So let me let me throw this. If you're in that situation, what do you do? Because that's hard. Um, I take I take a big chunk and then I turn another big chunk in. I think I do the same thing. I hate to admit that. I don't. But that's, I, just, that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, because, because and, and back to back to back to American Gangster, right? When when Denzel goes, you know that money went to John Q. Law, right? And he's like, well, maybe. It's like there's no maybe about right. it. There's it's no like, maybe. Right. That money ended up in a corrupt cop's hands. Yeah. You chose not to be that corrupt cop. Good for you. If you're fig- right. If you're, right. Good for you. But you're now struggling to make alimony payments. Right. And someone else is driving a 
you know, a 38 foot sea ray because of your, yeah, it, it, and I, I like to think of myself as a person with integrity, right? But you know, look, I know I, myself. I know myself, and I find that if I find a chunk of money like that, um, yeah, especially like in the back of the trunk, like that's it, just no that's absolutely never, dirty. Not only is no one right. ever going to know, but it physically, professionally hurts you for doing the quote unquote right thing. Right. That's amazing. The fact that that is a real thing, and we know it is, right. is just an amazing thing to think about. And the question becomes. How much do you skim before you turn the rest in? Right. I mean, you got to, I think you, I, I mean, I could make an argument that that million dollars would have been a hundred thousand dollars or, or, you know what I mean? Like sure. it would have been a large amount, large enough to make it worth making a big deal about, but the rest of it would have been in my fucking gun safe in my house and I would have cleaned it over the course of time. All right. So we both admitted we're potential corrupt cops. <laughs> well, I could, I, I could never be a cop cause I'm, I'm blind as a bat. So well, there's that. <laughs> Right. You know, I don't think they, oh, right. they may let me in these days. Yeah, and then you'd be better than most. Um, I'm going to go with my next one, and I'm going to go with internal affairs. Richard Gear. Did I, I see one? Well, I wrote it down, but I scratched it out. Okay. Um, and and yeah, but I like you it. Know, you were having a cigar, and I was having a, some whiskey last night. We talked yeah. about that movie, and that's a movie that just. It was a a, a, a shake-up movie in its day because Richard Gere and Andy Garcia, and I forget the female lead, and she's hot as hell in that movie, with huge hair, um, huge 80s hair. But uh, Richard Gere is just a complete corrupt scumbag. Yeah. And there's just a couple scenes in there. The most famous is when Andy Garcia is... <laughs> I forget where he's going, but he's on the elevator. Yeah. Elevator doors open, and Richard Gere headbutts him and just beats the fuck out of him on the floor of an elevator. And he goes, yeah. you know what the problem with Latin boxers is? They're too fucking macho. He's pummeling yeah. this lifeless dude in the, um, in the elevator. And, yeah. in the elevator. And, and just the, the uh, Julie Metcalf, is, who was on uh, Roseanne, was, was uh, the partner of Andy Garcia yep. in Internal Affairs. It is a great movie about what corrupt cops can get away with, right. how powerful they can become. How far they'll go to protect how far, Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, it, right, like, I mean, he kills his partner yep. um, to, to, to maintain his, his regime or whatever you want to call it. And it's just a great movie with a few really phenomenal scenes. Yeah. And, um, and I think great performances by Richard Gere and Andy yeah. Garcia. Uh, so that's 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 on my list. Yeah, um, and 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 I I seriously thought about it, um, but I couldn't leave off Die Hard three. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to go with Die Hard, but we can do that as a genre. Yeah, well, I mean, I just three I, is the best of them. By three the way. is the best of them, um, and I just think that you know just the timing of that movie, the the chemistry between him and Samuel Jackson. Uh, um, um, the guy, uh, the guy who paid the Jeremy Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons uh, was is just phenomenal. Um, just everything about you know, I mean, the plot of that one is great. Great, um, and Fun something movie. that still befuddles me to this day is the scene in the park with the water jugs. Like I can never I can, do. The, I, I can do that for you. If I you can want. never get the math right. I'm just like I. I'm like God. I hope I'm never in this situation because we gonna die. <laughs> Because I don't know how they got three three gallons okay. of water exactly. Okay, I do. But the best part about that is 
Were you try? Are you aiming for these people? So he's driving the cab. Like, I never said park drive. I said through the park. He drives through Central Park. He's like, "Are you aiming at these people? No. Well, maybe that's mine. <laughs> no, that. So I was going to go with Die Hard as one of mine. I'll punt it because that genre. That again, all three, launch, all three of franchise. Those right. And after three, they got so bad. Um, Live free or Die Hard was so bad. Live, live free or Die Hard, I thought was. Good until oh, like until, until he drove a truck and took out an F sixteen. Yeah, or... I mean like that was over the top ridiculous. No, that doesn't hold up. But I mean, I thought that's everything... not even holding up. That was just ridiculous. Right, I was just jump. like, okay, okay, what are, what are we doing here? But I thought it was. I I liked I liked the movie. The movie was fun. But it, then that part got so ridiculous where you're like, oh, okay. Yes. But I don't think that it that, didn't the, ruin Timmy, the movie. Timothy Oliphant's in that. Timothy Oliphant was who I'm Kevin a huge Smith. fan and Kevin Smith and uh, John. What's his name? Uh, um, the kid, uh, John, from the movie Waiting. Oh. The dark hair. Dark hair. Come on. Oh, John. I don't know. I don't know right. Maybe his name's not John. I don't know. But I, I, I like that kid. Is he about Shia LaBeouf? No. No, he's, he's, he's in the next one. No, 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 no. Um, either way, it doesn't matter. But the point is... Yeah, I, I, that, that genre, that, that sorry, that franchise of movies yeah. is great. Yeah. It, it, it tails off badly. Yeah, it does. But one, but, two, and three are fantastic. Yeah, one, two, and three are great. And I will agree with you. Three is the best of them, as great as one was. Yeah, Die Hard and two was amazing. Really two. good. I mean, yeah. like they, they, oh. like they're all three good. Oh, I love the plots the, on all three of them. When, oh like God. they all when, work. And when um, when the uh, I've, uh, who's the black actor? The guy that was the the colonel that ultimately is part oh, of the plot. Oh, oh, McDowell's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his? I forget yeah. his name. Uh, uh, Amos. John Amos. Yeah, John, John Amos. Amos. Yes. Um, when when he cuts the guy's throat like yep. and then oh which put, one does too like right. oh my god slice his throat and then he just pop, <laughs> and he puts the gum in and it's just like alright yep. cool and everybody yep. else is like oh, yep, well, uh, yeah, that's too what bad that's what happens when you're not you part of this group um, oh and he get, doesn't he get sucked into a jet engine yeah that's not a good way to go no that's not a good way to go no. negatory um. ghostwriter <laughs> negatory oh right? yeah, yeah so yeah, th- it's, yeah. I that's, just, that's I, Die Hard 2 Die Hard 3 I the yeah, I love that movie so much. The right. whole plot twist and the whole, I know the family, the, the gold was never on that. Right. Oh, great, right. great. I mean, just even, you know, even when he, you know, he takes the bar of gold and then they steal a Yugo and then, <laughs> then uh, or, or they still, you know. <laughs> they, or, they bust the window of the Yugo, they leave it in the back seat. Right, and, like, and then they so take Jackson's the guys like, saying, that was my gold. Right. Like, it just, it There's was, a white uh, man in the street. I've seen him before. Not like this. Not like this. Yeah, I mean, just that that whole opening scene, and uh, you know, like the the way it ends and comes to yeah, like, somewhere in the city. Great song. Right. Great song over them blowing yes. up. Oh yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Great. Great call. And it takes one of mine away, which is fine because I'm going with seven. Yep. Seven yep. is a great movie. Ugh. It is a cop movie. That movie is so fucking gritty. Yeah. Um, I, I so I watched it like a week ago. Mm. It popped on. And the thing about that movie that I like the most is that it shows what a really good actor Brad Pitt is. Yeah. Because there's the scene where it's just him, Morgan Freeman, and Kevin Spacey in a car. Yep. He is with two acting legends. I don't care if Kevin Spacey ended up being a creep. Yep. He's a great actor. Yes. And Brad Pitt carries that scene. Oh, yeah. You know, the other two do their thing, but he loses his shit. He's like... Sit back, you fucking freak! You're a fucking t-shirt. You're a movie of the week at best. Yep. He's yelling that at Kevin Spacey. Yep. And it's fluid. Mm-hmm. And th- that whole movie is so dark. Dude, the scene. 
Although it is very dark, but the the scene where he kicks in the door. Oh, I right? love that so much. Where, and, and Morgan Freeman's like, oh, damn, man, damn, I just told you. Like, it's just right. such a great, and he's like, well, I mean, now it's open, <laughs> no, no, so. No, no point in arguing no now, more arguing. unless right. you can fix that and that. Right, and then, and then he just walks in, like, all right, he's anyway. Like, Stupid. Right, I, but, just, but I love this, that scene. Oh, that scene is great. And right after when they he sees the picture of himself in the bathtub getting developed, yeah. he's like, we had him. Yeah. We fucking let him go. That movie, Arlie Army or Emmy, uh, Richard Roundtree is the yep. chief of police. Gwyneth Paltrow is great oh, in that movie. God, um, oh God, just you, you could yeah. you could be a non fan. No, 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 really no, that no. Movie. That's not what I'm saying. Oh. I just the way she like. It well, it doesn't end well for it. Doesn't end well for her. God. And you know, I mean, because and then the whole thing where she tells Morgan Freeman that she's pregnant, oh, and then oh, you know what I mean. Oh, and you did Oh, yes. Yeah, like I, yes. like that. Even still, it's just like I. That's the only way for that scene to end, right? You know, there, the there, there, there were a couple of alternate endings, and literally, I've read that Brad Pitt said, "Nope, nope, we don't want this goofy." Like one of the endings was her getting like nailed to a cross in a church and oh, being lit on fire, and then right. saving her at the end, and Brad Pitt had just finished some other movie that ended stupidly. And he's like, no, I'm not doing this. Right. This movie ends ugly. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I was convinced, because there's a scene where Morgan Freeman is throwing the switchblade into a dartboard. Mm -hmm. I was convinced that there was an alternate scene where he throws a, the switchblade and like knocks the gun out of Brad Pitt's hand. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I've never seen that actually uh, revealed, but uh, that would have fucked up the movie too. Yeah. I mean... It ended as ugly as it had to. Right. And Morgan Freeman finishing with, I'll be around. Yeah. Is just so yeah. good. And uh, what's his name from Full Metal Jacket? It's just, well, give him anything he needs. Earlier, like, yep. And I don't, I don't know why that, for some reason, that closing scene sticks in my head. Right? Like, it's just like, all right, we got we to gotta arrest him. Yeah. He just and blew someone he, away. He, he's in definitely front of everyone, right? And they just and, and they know why and they know what happened and and you know it's just that whole. Well, there's only so much we could do for him, but we'll do everything we can, and it just that super empty, what the fuck just happened sort right. of feeling um, has just stuck with me. I, I saw that in the theater. I mean, it was probably one of the first. You know, movies I went in, uh, like non comedic movies I went to see in the theater alone. And um, that is not a great movie to see alone. No, you know? no, it's I not. Mean, in, the, in the theater, like you're just walking out, driving to, you, you know, driving home. Sure. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're walking out of the movie. Yeah. Feel, and it, I mean, there, there's also the, that the, scene, that scene where he, like, he made, he strapped the thing onto the guy and made the and guy, oh, the girl my God, that, literally. Jesus Christ. And the, 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 the guy they made, he made eat himself to death. Yeah. The lawyer that had to cut. I mean, that movie is so graphic and yeah. so brutal. And there's a couple other uh, uh, scenes in there that I just think are phenomenal. Um, when um, Brad Pitt is like getting the Cliff Notes thing from the books. Oh, yeah. He doesn't right. want to read the books. Right. He's like, good work. Right. <laughs> I want to learn. And it just, it, it's a brilliant movie. And it, when, when Morgan Freeman's in the library, Oh, and yeah. it's, it's, I got culture coming out of my ass, and they start playing right. opera music yeah. through the library. Oh, what a, so anyway, that's, that's on my, that's on my list. Uh, and I think, actually, I think that's five for, um, 
for both of us. Is it? Yeah. And um, I will I say... Had, I thought we had one more. No, no, no. Because I did, I did Heat. I did Bad Boys. I did The Departed, American Gangster. Oh, wait. Maybe I do have one. You, you have one more? Um, and you went first. So I got one more, too. Wait, no, wait. Hold on. I did Heat, Bad Boys, American Gangster, Departed, Die Hard. Yeah, I did five. Oh, you die hard three, right? Oh, right. so I've got one more. Yes. All right. I'm going to go with one that I've... All right. Hmm. I'm going to go with Copland. Okay. Copland, Sylvester Stallone, Michael Rappaport, and every other actor from the 80s and 90s. Yep. Not a... You know, it's... it's I like that movie because it, it... Why are you putting it on this list? Because it had a few things that never happened in movies. So, of the other movies you have, you mean to tell me that Copland is the one you'd rather watch Copland than Lethal Weapon? Oh, you were counting Lethal Weapon? No, I'm just saying. Like, uh, you know, Lethal Weapon's fun. Again, spawned a spawned a, 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 a franchise. Copland was different to me because it again it sh- it shown the underbelly. By the way, Sixteen Blocks almost made its way into my movie. list. Good movie, and again, it's just different. Mm-hmm. The re- I guess the, p- part of the reason the Lethal Weapon doesn't register with me. As like next level is because to me it followed the Forty Eight Hours and the Beverly Hills Cops. It was the next generation yeah, of I, yeah. And I mean, again, I fun. The first the first Lethal Weapon is a fucking dark movie. Right. I mean, it's, Mel Gibson's yeah. got a gun in his mouth in the opening scene. Oh yeah. And then it immediately goes fluff. After two, it went fluff. I don't know. I thought uh, Lethal Weapon Four was really good. I enjoyed him. Yeah, I enjoyed Joe Pesci, Chris Rock, yep. Rene Russo. Right. I mean, fun, fun. But they weren't. They weren't dark. Um, I mean, Bad Boys wasn't dark. No, it wasn't. Well, Bad Boys wasn't on my list either. Yeah. So, um, no, the reason I went with um, was like Copland is there's a scene in there where uh, Stallone is in a shootout, mm-hmm. and they literally play the scene with his ears ringing mm-hmm. from the sounds of gunfire. Yeah, and that's something that never happens in movies. Yeah, you know. So the movie is basically a, a cop gets involved in a shooting, and there's questionable. Uh, you know, I feel like that movie was. Where was it supposed to be? Pennsylvania? New, no, 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 New no, York. no, no, it was New York. Yeah, New York. So it was the yeah, movie. Yeah. It happens in New York City, but Copland is in New Jersey, yeah. and so they're trying to protect their own, and it's shady, and it's like Harvey Keitel, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Michael Rappaport, uh, just a ton of superstar actors. And the reason I like it is exclusively because of a couple of scenes where. It's just different than any other movie I've seen shot. You know, ears ringing while trying to get through a scene. They're playing the, which is annoying, mm-hmm. but it's it's. So it's, imagine imagine that happening while you're being shot at. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I love about it is you know you, you know you watch gunfire in movies, gunplay in movies, and it's so, bing boo pew boo whatever. And no, it's loud. Right. Your ears are ringing. You can't hear shit. You know, as a hunter. I know what it's like to have a rifle go off right next to my face, and it's it's a jarring sound. Yep. Movies so rarely capture that, and that's what I loved about that movie. All right, um, we can wrap this up. So there's and a few others. Uh, okay, I, what, I've got a few others I'd love to throw as my right. So um, my honorable mention. Yes, there we go. Uh, Dirty Harry. Awesome movie. Right. Phenomenal movie. Also a genre setting movie. Now, pro- the problem with Dirty Harry for me is that I like it came out before I was born. Um, which doesn't it's also necessarily- based on the Zodiac Killer. 
Uh, yes, which I'm aware of, but again, like I wasn't born yet. So it doesn't have the uh, same sort of significance to me that it would have to you because of the age and timing difference. Right. And mind you, I was, I think I was born like, I was three, I think, when right. the movie came out. But, but I've seen it a bunch of times. Right, but, great I, but movie. I've seen it, and it, it is just a great movie, just like that opening scene and, and him and, you know, the classic gun and everything else. So um, Dirty, Dirty Harry is on there for me. Uh, Serpico. Right, um, right. That, that's on there. You know, you and I actually talked about it last night. But I mean, it's just a, it's a, you know, true story, true story, hard, in your face sort of sort, sort of grinder of a movie. Um, and you know, I mean, there's an argument that it probably, if you're going to talk cop movies, it, it should be on there. Um, you're absolutely right. But I, I think when I go to like, I, <laughs> my issue with some of these movies, right, is that like a Serpico is not a movie. But that's not a movie where if I see it on, I'm gonna like sit down and watch it. Like you gotta be, you know, sort of like you gotta be ready to sort of take sure. on that sort of emotional. I didn't, ha- I didn't have the French Connection, and but that's in the same genre. Uh, did I just steal one? Yeah, I French Connection. One? Like I, f- I don't know why. I love that fucking movie. It's, it's a great movie. It's, it's something Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman in that movie. Like that is the reason why that movie, The French Connection, is the reason why in college. Um, you know, we celebrated Gene Hackman's birthday, right? It was a huge, like, and people are just like, because of Hoosiers. I'm like, we'll go with that, but it's really a French connection, right? Sure. Um, and, uh, it, and it was just, it was a, it, it was a more of a joke for us because I feel like his birthday is in February, if I remember, uh, around Valentine's Day. Like do, February do you know who the star of French Connection 2 was? French Connection 2? Yeah. No. A man you should know. Okay. You've met him, you've spoken to him, I'm sure, Ed O'Neill. Oh. Plays Popeye Doyle in the second French okay. Connection movie. Never, I've actually never seen the second no French Connection <laughs> movie. Has, it's awful. I'm not sure why they would have done a sequel, but you know, <laughs> because Ed O'Neill needed work. Okay, after graduating from Ursuline right. High School, I mean, like, after having his five touchdown, uh, his four touchdown, four touchdown record. record broken by one uh, Stephen from Whiskey Congress. <laughs> he, uh, um, you know, Ed O'Neill. I think his. Fr- uh, are you sure? That that was he was in that yes hundred percent because he was in Miami Vice too he was in season one episode okay. two as a, a drug lot dealer of, a lot of people were yes James Remar which I brought up in, yeah. in forty hours because was in an episode of Miami Vice one of the ones I had to cross up the list that was tough was Inside Man yeah being bringing right. up the guy whose name we could never pronounce yeah. that movie star studded fun mm-hmm. holds up yeah um, just a just a Great plot, great, very entertaining, fun movie. Absolutely, and and it, that's a movie where you get to root for both the bad guy and the good guy. Yeah, because the real bad guy is Christopher Plummer. Right, he recently departed Christopher Plummer. Um, he died this year. Um, but oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the banker. Yeah. That's, but that movie is so fun and great twists and right. The best part of that movie is the very end. Yeah. When Denzel realizes. There's this huge fucking diamond in my pocket because the guy yep. who had been hiding out right. in the fucking in the bank, bank vault. Right where they were. Just, right. Walk oh, right past them. Great stuff. All right, man. Uh, you want to wrap this up or do you want yeah. to yeah. throw in there? Nope, we're right. good. Thanks for listening. You know, again, we always come at you with you know some deep, ugly stuff, and it's it's 
important. Well, and first I, I of all, no, we don't. We don't always come always. out with with we always try stuff, to, but we talk about yeah. serious topics yeah. a lot. And um, I think sometimes you gotta you gotta break it up. It can't all be doom and gloom, and and you know what's the fate of the future. And I, I think uh, sometimes shit like this is warranted. Plus, it's my birthday. It's bitch. your birthday. It's your birthday. So happy birthday! And right. you know what? That's one thing I, I I love doing the show with you. But I, I sometimes we have to you know get together under tight schedules and don't get to have fun. And we are right. genuinely friends. We genuinely do stuff to have fun together. Talking about stuff like this. Is always fun. So, first of all, happy birthday. Um, And uh, we'll talk to you soon, but thanks for listening, and we're done. Yep.